Jesus, it's packed. Yeah, go down the back there, so. Welcome to the Snog with Richie and Lavin. Um, hello, hello, hello. Welcome. This is another episode of the Snog podcast. Uh, my name is Richard Loftus. I'm Lavin. And uh, this is a show from the west coast of Ireland where we get different kinds of folk from all walks of life to talk about uh, their passions. I was about to say the desires there. No, that's the D- wrong Desires? One. No. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah, you have to pay for that that's one. the blue, the blue schnug. <laughs> uh, what you got, their interests, their side hustles, whatever they're interested in. Um, any crack, how are you? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, yeah. How was your trip to Eindhoven? Well, let me tell you. Uh, Friday night, last Friday, I... Uh, had a sort of a gig yeah and it was kind of like a uh what do you call it it's kind of like a variety show like vaudeville variety show kind of job like there was musicians i showed my art fucking you know video you've, you've seen you've seen yeah, what yeah. it was video thing was this the one down doolin yeah it was yeah and then there was a couple more like comedian musicians it was great great night uh put on by anya o'brien who we will uh, yeah. interview at some point so that night i didn't drink at all because i had to drive back uh home it was about just over an hour away yeah and uh, so, yeah, you know, I got on a bus. And I didn't want to be hungover going to Eindhoven. Got on a bus the next day. Got up to Dublin Airport. Got in there. And uh, for some reason, I couldn't check in with my phone. I was like, fucking Ryanair, of course. So I waited in, in line. You know, the ticket desk for Ryanair in Dublin Airport in Terminal 1. Mm-hmm. Is it Terminal 1? It's like, it's like two people there at the ticket desk. Big, massive line. So I was there for an hour and I was like getting late for the flight. I was like, fuck, what's going on? So I finally get up to her. She's like, oh, what's your booking code? I gave her the code. She's like, you're not showing up. I was like, what the, what's going on here? Like, you know, so she checks tickets again and I had booked for two weeks in the future. Mm. Fuck. So I didn't go. <laughs> Eindhoven was great. Then, I, yeah. I, I'm sure it was fun, but I wasn't there. So I just went to the fucking zoo instead. <laughs> And did you stay up there for the night, or did you just come back down? On your own yeah, time? so like I was gagging for drink, like yeah. And so I went to my buddy Eamon's house. Hey, Eamon, listener, long time listeners will know Eamon Healy, our first. <laughs> he was the first lab interview. I, I stayed with him, him. and uh, but uh, you know he was just like, look, I don't want to go on the pints tonight. I, I can see you wanting to go on the pints, but I, I was like, you know what? That's fine. I helped me calm down. But uh, yeah, then we went to the zoo. Nice, nice and civilized. Yeah, and then I got uh, on the train. Nash was our buddy Nash was working on the train. Got the train home, and uh, that's pretty much it. That was my trip to to my first trip to the Netherlands. Successful, yeah. Successful. What you call it? Uh, did your buddies go then? That were supposed to be going with you then? They they were already there since Tuesday. Oh, fuck yeah, sake. and they had a great time, a roaring success. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, fucking recording and pl- sessioning musician with all the Dutch people, and uh, there was me sitting there. Oh. Can't use that expression. Sitting there, just you know, wishing I was there, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't think anything happened to me. Oh yeah, I got the curly f- finger from the landlord on Friday. The wouldn't that be the get out of here finger? Yeah, whatever. You know, you're in trouble with the landlord. Yeah. So yeah. you got six months. Got six months, baby. So uh, yeah, but we have a few buns in the oven. So you, really? Yeah, but we won't. We won't. You got a bun in the oven? Well, you know what I mean. I know what you mean. I'm not pregnant. You're not pregnant. We've some houses we might be able to move mm-hmm. to. Okay. That'd be interesting if I did have a bun in the oven. Well, it would defy nature. 
true, true. Speaking of defying nature, <laughs> our guest here, Echo Hart. How are you doing? How are you doing, lads? I can tell this well, is going to be a, this is going to be a good interview. Huh? It might, <laughs> I mean, you never interview. know. It might be good. That's quite a, a segue. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Any crack? How are you? I'm good now. Uh, just listening to you there, talking about your you know uh, journey to Ryanair. I hope that does not happen to me uh, tomorrow. I'm heading off to. Glasgow and then heading off to Italy and I do not want to be going to any zoos. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, check your uh did you check your flight details? Y- yeah, I did. So hopefully um I haven't made any mistakes there, but Yeah. You yeah. should be fine then. I should be. I've never understood zoos either, like you know, you pay money to look at animals, why? Yeah, but the gorillas <laughs> are great crack. Gorillas are great crack. There's only about seven hundred of them left. There's only like 700 that. gorillas left? About that, yeah, in the world. Yeah. Mountain well, or lowland? According to Carl Pilkington, I don't know. So <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he speaks the truth. Yeah. I went trekking with uh, mountain gorillas there in Uganda two you, years ago. Y- you were in Uganda? Yeah. Two years ago? Yeah. During the pandemic? Before the pandemic. Mountain gorillas? Mountain gorillas, yeah. Nice. They're mm. the hairier ones, aren't they? Hmm. It's class. It's unbelievable. Class. Yeah. Expensive as fuck. Uh, mm. But yeah, kind of a once in a lifetime experience kind of thing. Yeah. But, but like know. as close as you are to me now. Mm-hmm. We were like that close to Trek down and then we just got to the base of the jungle and then the whole family kind of surrounded us and stuff like that. Wow. It was amazing. I don't know how mm. I forgot that. Like you, uh, you you, did tell me that. Mm. I don't know how I forgot that. It's crazy. Yeah. No, no Harambe uh, experiences. No, no. no. We had uh, one run in with a hippo but... Uh, okay. Yeah, but apart as from you that, do. as you do, as you do, Jesus. Did you yeah. see the hippo like like do the when it shits it it helicopters the shit out of its arse? No, you didn't see that. No, maybe he was doing that because he was very angry and looking at us. Yeah, and then he kind of uh, what you know, went straight for the car. Then and oh, then the hippo did pull yeah. into reverse. Yeah, we kind of got it stuck mm. in a uh, wildlife park. Um, just after the really rainy season, mm-hmm. and um, we kind of went down this meandering road. And then it kind of went off track, and Jesus Christ, yeah, we uh, nearly got stuck in the the wildlife park overnight. Not fun. That would have been that would have been great. What are no. you talking about? Yeah, sure. <laughs> when you're in a fucking Rav Four with no protection, yeah, with three women with like one bottle of wine between the two of them, freaking mm. out. Oh yeah, the wine would be a, a problem. Two born again Christians. That's not, a, that's not enough wine. Yeah, no, no. sorry no, for no, anyone. No, no, not not for a life and death experience like that. Anyway. That's a total other tangent. How are you? Any crack? I'm good, yeah. I've uh, been tipping away now as usual. feel like, you know, been progressing in the in the job I'm in. Um, and it's the job I've always wanted. So, Which so, is? Which is uh, being a musician. Fantastic. Uh, singer, songwriter, entertainer, poet, uh, and most recently, director. I've started directing uh, a new music video. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, well, it was kind of unintentional the um, the role of me being the director. Now, we had the vision for the uh, for the video for the song. Um, a man called uh, Seamus Curran. He was uh, initially the director, cinematographer. We ca- we came up with this concept for a video for a song called Spanish Arch, okay. written by myself and uh, my best friend Daniel Fleming, uh, better known as a as Flamingo when it comes to him being a uh, a musician very good guy very good songwriter and uh, yeah myself and Seamus Kern we kind of come up with the idea or a story like a love story sort of a thing like involving Spanish Arch and involving Galway and uh, this kind of story is a common one in Galway like how 
maybe two people would get together. And uh, as we were filming the video, I never wanted to be in the video. Uh, I had a gig on the night that we were shooting some of the scenes, like some of the party scenes at my house in Foster Court. And uh, I had a gig like an hour after the shoot and I said to everybody, the actors, the uh, the extras and the and to Seamus, let's go down to the gig and get some, you know, shots of yeah. the main two actors dancing and um you know, we can use that in the video. I said, I just want like a two second shot of me in the video. I don't want to be mainly featured in this. Um the two people that mainly feature in the video are uh Alan uh, Mulcahy and uh Paula uh, Athagra. And uh, they were very easy to work with. And I just found myself being the one telling everyone what to do. So <laughs> I just, I just yeah. became the director. But Seamus was uh, better with the camera, better at the shots than I was. So, you know, I knew what we wanted to see. You know, yeah. And we kind of improvised as we went along as well. We tried, we tried this. And even the actors as well, you know, they improvised as well. They came up with ideas and... Let's try it. Let's yeah. see what happens. Uh, but I'm really excited to get this video out there and to show the talents, uh, you know, of Alan and of Paula. You know, they have so much potential, and I think, uh, well, you know, they have my, they have my support for their whatever yeah. endeavors they have in the future. You know, so. <clears throat> so when did you start off um, in music? You're originally from Trum, correct? I am. Hey, wh what Shroom. do you think of the Saw Doctors? I <laughs> uh, never heard of them. <laughs> uh, no, I. Well, it was impossible to not uh, be surrounded by their music. It was yeah. everywhere in tune and not a bad thing. I love their not music. Not a bad thing at yeah. all. Great, great songs. And uh, I do chat to Leo Moran quite often as well. Nice. Like when I see him, like he's usually just knocking about tune. Yeah. You bump into him randomly and uh, I think where, oh, I can't even remember the names of the pubs in tune. It's been so long since I've been there. The yeah. Brogue and... All those places, like, but yeah, no, Leo sound, and uh, yeah, you know, we got Saw Doctors have been a hev heavy influence on every band that comes from Tune, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I'd say they're a heavy influence on any like band that you know, original music band from the West Coast, West not Coast any, but like a lot of them, you know, definitely huge, huge influence on, on the, the kind of like the songs that I'm writing these days, you know, mm -hmm. for some reason, I can't write a song that isn't a fucking joke song these days, you know. <laughs> I love the language that they use in their songs. They use the tune slang, and uh, it's just it reminds everyone or educates people who don't know a lot about tune. You know, like sort of certain slang words we use, like uh, "tome." That's one of my favorite tune slang words. What does that mean? Tome means cool or grand. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I only ever speak in tune slang when I'm speaking to my friends from school from yeah, tune. Yeah. Like uh, Flamingo, for example, who I mentioned. Like, uh, oh, is he from Tume as well? He's from Tume, yeah. We went to the same school, St. Charlotte's College. Um, so did you start playing music? Was there like a musical influence in your family? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my dad, Jim, and uh, my uncle, Mickey Joe. Um, so since I was, for as long as I can remember, um, there's video footage of this. Uh, my first Christmas morning, my mom borrowed her sister's camcorder. My mother Lorraine was just watching me play with all these toys, like, you know, and Santa Claus brought me like this toy guitar. But my dad had a, a real guitar and he was, you know, playing strumming, playing the guitar on Christmas morning. My nana was there and uh, my mother was there and 
I climbed up my dad's leg as he's playing the guitar and I was I, I'd strum the strings okay. um, and he'd you know hold the cards and that's kind of my earliest memory like that my father's the first person I saw play music and then my uncle Mickey Joe like you know and he'd come over um, he was another musician they were the only two musicians I would see who would actually could actually do this and obviously like all my mother and father's you know their their CD collection would range from the police to Blondie to Dolly Parton Christy Moore and uh, Tom Waits and Closing Time Remains probably my favourite album uh, of all time one of them at least I I recently recorded a song where it's uh, Tom Waits singing Liston Varna oh (laughs) give it a light I I do like please let me hear that I always leave of a Thursday night and my ground sheet rolled up tight (laughs) I'd like to hit this tune in around Friday afternoon you know, doing some Tom Waits impressions, you know. Good. It's like he's in the room with us. Mm. Um, that would be wonderful. Tom Waits is apparently fucking that hilarious. Funny story about Tom Waits as well, and it involves Galway. Uh, I think this is bullshit, yeah, it's like, but it's a great story, but you can't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Now, it was, I don't want to say who told me this story, but he's also a musician in, 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 in town. Great guy as well, but... Um, Apparently, 15 years ago, Tom Waits was in a pub in Galway. Don't want to mention the name of the pub, just in case there's a liability at stake. And well, don't want to get anyone in trouble. But apparently, Tom Waits was in this pub where there was a like an old piano in the corner, and uh, he had a few. It sounds like Nocton's. <laughs> How did he know? Have you heard like that? You've heard this story. You've no, I just that's the only know. place I know where there's a piano. Uh, anyways, Tom Waits there. He had a glass of wine or two and he had the wife in with him and like all the punters were kind of surrounding Tom Waits and it was after no pun intended closing time and uh, Tom Waits is there and the piano is a bit out of tune but you know Tom Waits can make a any instrument that's out of tune sound just majestic and, and that's what he was doing he's giving it a full Tom Waits performance the growly voice and the and all the punters are just wow amazed by him because they know who he is and they like his music and Apparently the manager did not know who this man was oh, at shit. all. And he's just there cleaning the tables, kind of like going. And he anyways, he goes up to one of the punters, kind of pulls him aside and says, would you ever shut that lad up? He's fucking shy. <laughs> <laughs> That's <Everyone>. brilliant. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's, like I said, myth or... Yeah, myth or legend. But it is a, it is a good story and it's a funny story. And you know, I'm sh- I could be true. <laughs> could be know, true. Hopefully it is. Um... um so your parents had a big influence on your musical taste then as well. So what age are you? Yeah, you I'm uh, 27 now. 27. Yeah. So Ooh, I'm suppo- I'm the, it's to, the year. Yeah, I'm supposed to avoid alcohol. Oh, yeah. But um, I am Irish. It's, it's a crazy year. 27, man, when you're a musician. It's mad when you get there, yeah. it's it's You're kind of walking on eggshells a little bit as well. Um, and then you get to 28 and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess it wasn't that good. <laughs> I'm not one of the greats. I'm not one of, not one of them. Uh, when I get to 28, I'll be like, okay, I survived. Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. You know. So, um, um, so what were your kind of big musical in, uh, influences when you were growing up? Well, Tom Waits, definitely. Um, that song, well, that album, Closing Time, was just the lullaby for me when I was a baby. Like, it stopped me from crying. My father discovered that one day and he was beside himself and he discovered it I'd scream for no reason and eventually one day he realised ah this song Ice Cream Man actually stops him from crying <laughs> and it puts him to sleep so for years maybe two or three years when I was a baby I had to keep playing that like so Tom Waits who else uh, Johnny Cash now he's the reason I picked up an acoustic guitar and 
started learning how to play and maybe I wanted to write my own songs, become a singer. I was just infatuated by the San Quentin album. Uh, Boy Named Sue was the song that made me go, wow, that is cool and he's a good singer and the rest of the album was incredible as well. Like you know, The first time I heard Ring of Fire and you know, Folsom Prison Blues was the live version and it just sounded real authentic coming from him singing it live, you know? <laughs> and then obviously like, you know, the police were a big influence on me as well, like Sting and you too. What about uh, Jimmy Buffett? Who? Jimmy Buffett. Who's that? Did you ever listen to him? No. I think you'd like him. You should, should definitely know, give him a, should give I know him. Jimmy Buffett is. You should, is it like a? Is it? Um, he's a. Uh, it's kind of like surf and turf. So it's like <laughs> Caribbean uh, country music. Oh, nice. but I highly recommend it. He's really good. I've got it down there in my diary anyway. Um, yeah. So under a blood red sky, that album by U two. The guitar playing in that album was. But, you know, I didn't hear anything like that before. You know, I grew up with, I suppose my first teacher was Jack Black uh, from the movie School of Rock. Taught me all about the Ramones and The Clash and ACD. Well, my dad taught me about ACDC. My dad got me into Highway to Hell, but there was times where he'd be like, yeah, you, you can't listen to this album because it's a bit dirty, like the lyrics. So I didn't notice the dirty lyrics as a child. I was just purely into the music. Like the the guitar. Yeah, I know. And, um... I well, like my dad, obviously, and he's a songwriter too, poet, and uh, my uncle Mickey Joe is as well. And uh, yeah, that's kind of like I could go on with Would you influences. I don't know where to begin, and I certainly Mick, don't Mickey know where jo- to end either. Mickey Joe, Mickey Joe Hart. That's my uncle. Yeah, yeah. Oh right, okay. Oh, no way. Yeah, my dad's brother. Oh, that's okay, good. cool. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, sort of start kind of forming your first few um, bands in secondary school and stuff like that, doing the usual. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, first time I ever tried to form a band failed miserably. I tried to do the Larry Mullen Jr. Uh, and put up a sign on the school oh, yeah. board, and uh, I just got everyone coming to me, going like, "I've been playing the Tin Whistle since I was five. Can I be in your band?" And <laughs> I was like, and I got one guy who's I play bass, and I love Green Day, and I love you know Nirvana, and I think those are the bands I was getting into as a teenager as well, and. Uh, yeah, we had a few jams, and uh, but just, you know, we were kids, you know, with nowhere to rehearse, that kind of a thing. And uh, about a year passed, and then I kind of let that idea go, really. And then uh, I answered an ad that I saw in a shop here. It was called Chaos. I don't know if you guys are, have been living in Galway. How long have you been living in Galway? <laughs> was that the one that was downstairs in the shop? Yeah, yeah, it was in the corner. It was like the goth <coughs> shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I so remember that from years ago. People used to put, signs in there and I saw a sign in there from a guy named Luke Morgan uh, we're still very good friends to this day and he's had a very su- successful career at the minute uh, with his uh, with his his uh, film um, organisation I think it's the Morgan Creative is what it's called oh. now. it used to be called the Spatula Project but I think it's the Morgan Creative now unless they're different we'll keep an eye out for um, it yeah no and uh, he put up a sign saying yeah looking for looking to put a band together and uh, he listed a lot of the same influences that I had Pearl Jam and uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers U2 like the bands that everyone listens to as a teenager you know so took his number down and gave him a call and well yeah we met up and just had a chat and we formed a band called uh, South Ember and his brother Jake was also in the band as well we both kind of there wasn't really a rhythm lead guitarist Jake was more the lead guitarist in that band I was still a beginner and you know we wanted to 
wanted to run before we could walk. We were at that stage already. We just yeah. had ambition. And Jamie Murray from Rafi James was also in that band as well. He played the drums for a while. And I think we went through a few drummers. And uh, just yeah, like Spinal Tap, huh? Yeah. We did a lot of, uh, we had a lot of, those were a lot of first experiences in that band. Like the first time we did a gig and, you know, the first time we, you know, attracted female attention because you have to start somewhere music. you have to start you have to make those exactly. mistakes or you yeah know, or the best not memory. make those mistakes or whatever like yeah you know. like we did like the Leisureland uh junior cert results night when we were 15 <laughs> and uh, we played in front of 800 junior cert results night students and it was we just felt like rock stars yeah we did yeah yeah it was great was Got, there much uh, drink going around uh <laughs> of course brilliant yes, there was now it wasn't we didn't bring any drink with us but there was drink there for us uh i nearly got my head beat off me because uh, some lady was talking to me and she had a boyfriend and she asked me to sign uh, her arm and uh, <laughs> I did I signed her arm and the boyfriend came over to me and he was like did you sign I was like uh, she asked me to and he's like no no if it was you it's fine you were a great musician as long as it was you I mean, this guy was like well he looked to be 10 feet tall but obviously he wasn't but that, but he was just like no no it's grand if it was you that's alright because I was like small skinny scrawny Teenager. Um, so yeah, we got the first experiences with South Ember. And then Blue Loves Milo then was my second project. That originated from Tune. We had Robert Stevens um, from... He was in a band called Karate Pencil Case. They were on the... Do you remember the All-Ireland Talent Show? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, he was in that. and uh, Karate Pencil Case. Karate Pencil Case was the name of the band. Yeah, that's, yeah. A good, that's a good name. I don't know where it came from. <laughs> but uh, I don't think he does either, to be honest with you. Then we had... Uh, yeah, a guy called Jack Roach on the bass, and it was, uh, I think punk was our, well, alternative punk or modern punk was our ambition there. Like, we were inspired by, I think Green Day and the Ramones were kind of our heavy, heavy, heavy influences, and I think the Vaccines and Two Door Cinema Club were oh, yeah. very new at the time, but they were, they had a modern twist on, like, new age rock, like, from the... Well, the early 2010s, is that the way you say it? 2010s, yeah? Yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, yeah. How about the Grateful Dead? You like the Grateful Dead? Oh, I love the Grateful Dead, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And the Doors as well will be up there for me as well. There. Yeah, I see you're wearing a, a Steely, a Grateful yeah. Dead t-shirt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I used to listen to them a lot uh, around, you know, around that around that age, like, I guess, 16, 17. They're good fun. You never never got went through a dead phase, Richie? Not really. No, no. I, it's You're funny. a deadhead, are you? I I used to be, yeah. yeah. But I kind of, um, it's you never really stop being a deadhead. But I just kind of, uh, I don't know. If I'm listening to sort of '60s, '70s jam music, I'm probably gonna be listening to a lot more Almond Brothers. Yeah. So they're, I don't know, that Southern rock style kind of gels at me more these days. But like, give it a few years, I'll probably get back into the dead again. You know. <laughs> Was Grateful Dead? There's not really psychedelia, though, is it? Wait, 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 wait. Well, Say that again. Is it not? I don't know. I've never. Grateful Dead it. is like the most psychedelic, fucking yeah, like it's, it's acid tripping sons oh, of bitches it, yeah. of all time. Yeah. It's a stoner rock for sure. Like you know, oh, they okay. they can make a very simple riff go on for 15 minutes for the whole song. But. Like during the 60s, they were the house band for the acid tests. When uh when the boys were giving acid out to everyone in San Francisco. Like they were, they were the house man. So that's how they developed that whole jamming thing. Was they all fucking drop LSD, and just fucking go off, go go off on one, you know? Just play and play and play. Just play and play and play. Yeah, I like Zappa and stuff like that. Zappa is great. Yeah. Uh, Beefheart, you're into Beefheart? Of course. Yeah, yeah. he's fucking brilliant. 
So, uh, Blue Loves Milo, uh, how long did that, did that have much of a shelf life? Um, lasted up until I started the production of Masks. It was originally supposed to be a Blue Loves Milo album. And um, well, Robert Stevens from Blue Loves Milo, the drummer, was uh, he recorded some of the songs on that and you know took part in a lot of the songwriting and the production as well for most of it. Only thing is, I think we grew to become... We had different ideas of what a band Musical should be and what an album. Yeah, cliche is just the corniest way to go out. Like, but like it, it was, usually is. Yeah, um, four people in a band. They're not all want to go to want to play the same thing, or some yeah. people want to write the songs, or some people yeah. want to sing the songs, and you know. Yeah, well, we got into some heavy arguments in the studio, and it was just a, it grew to be a bit toxic. Now yeah. look, it's all behind us now. We were like we've went our separate ways and we've we're doing what we like you know and we're happy now like and yeah. we, get, we get on now still like you know but um you know if it didn't happen it probably wouldn't be in the position i'm in now you know it's yeah. just there's no hard feelings for me anyway and i'm sure it's the same for them like they're in pretty you know successful uh places in their their own lives you know personally and professionally yeah. so well, that's good yeah and then uh yeah so the production of the album kind of evolved from the breakup of the band as well so kind of as you said separate ways there that was kind of your first single that was kind of 2016 was it? yeah um i first song i had confidence in like as a solo artist yeah was separate ways and it was inspired by the breakup of blue loves milo i wrote it from the point of view of a breakup in a relationship you know felt like it was more universal and uh the simplicity of it as well you know kind of has an emotional attachment to the listener so um but yeah the whole uh, i wish that i could give you one last kiss line is um a reference to like you know saying goodbye to a to a dream or it could be you know to a lover as well like you know but that's not or where a friend I or whatever yeah. yeah exactly and uh you know how many times have you wanted to say that to somebody when you've said goodbye to them you know i never have so yeah it's just like you know it's a good thing uh, that it happened like in separate ways is one of those songs that my friends come to my gigs like if I'm playing in the keys now say an acoustic set for two hours and I'll always throw my originals in I'll usually start with an original I'll end with one as well and I'll scatter a few in between you know the popular songs and uh, but as soon as separate ways I start playing that my friends who are there or people who follow me on Spotify yeah. or whatever they sing along to that one so felt like I was on a some kind of a you know a winner there like and yeah it tells me like you know i can i can i can write songs by myself like I'm so it's even it's even strange when you listen to the kind of the the first version you had of that song it's mm. kind of like might be wrong in saying this but kind of like nearly um a country vibe just the way the guitar yeah. is and stuff in it i was aiming for like chris smither vibes have you ever listened to chris smither Lavin, have you listened to Chris Miller? I have, have not listened to Chris Miller. No, I've listened to Steve Miller. Oh, no. Oh, well, Steve Miller's great, but Chris Miller, man, he's the... He's magic. I don't know how Where... Okay, well, play, just, place Chris Miller for me in, 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 the, in the context of musical history. Well, he's uh, famous in his own right. Cult following. Uh, the last time now that he played in Galway was in the Crane Bar to about 40 people. Where is he from? Louisiana. And what style of music does he do? Blues. And when would have he Acoustic. been? When would have been like the peak of what he's doing? That's hard to say. Um, 
I wouldn't know, to okay. be honest with you. But look him up. I definitely will. You yeah. will definitely like him. Like that open tuning uh, that I do in separate ways. That was inspired by him and the finger pick and the solo and over like open open chords, um, and the foot tapping as well. Like you know, I had that in the beginning. But I try not to copy artists too much. You know, I like to have the essence of them there, yeah. but then kind of take it in a in another direction well you know with copying as well it's like there's no there's no problem in hearing homages I think you know um, is that how you say that homage 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 homage. sounds like a cheese homage (laughs) but it's not like like for instance I'm listening to a lot of Valerie June have you heard her Mm -hmm. she's fucking wonderful Mm -hmm. but like you can hear elements of like like Van Morrison in there you can hear elements of like old style R&B you know you can hear all these yeah. separate things that are like influencer but of course it like makes its own new thing like you know yeah, but even R&B you know that samples music it's a very traditional thing to do like and uh, uh yeah I was referencing old style mm. like oh, back like in the, the day old, R&B the, the like proper, you know the proper stuff like. but um rhythm blues yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's fucking. I just, I, it's, 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 it's always great to hear the influences on on songwriting. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah, it's an influence. Like you know, it's it's like with movies as well. Like you know, when you see like a a scene and people label it as a oh that's so cliche, but maybe it's a classic. Maybe yeah, it's a classic yeah. thing to do. You know, like people. I don't know if you're fans of Star Wars. Like I know we're getting on to a different, but people complain about the prequels, like the cliches and stuff. Like you know, but you know. Maybe it's a classic thing to do, and it's just you know, there's nothing wrong with. That's with a big tangent to go on if we go into. Is we it? Won't go into is it? No, we can we can go there. We I can think. do a full episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think Let as far know. as like the the only thing I would say with with the prequels is it seems it seemed like that uh, George Lucas just no one could tell him that's the wrong thing to do, and so he just went and just did it. He directed those films, didn't he? He directed. He, he, he wrote yeah. and directed all three of them. Sure, he did but the first ones as well, but like he didn't direct the the he, original three though. The very first one he did, yeah, yeah, yeah but he not did the other two. Yeah, yeah no, and his I think his wife at the time did all the editing. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's the only I, I you know I grew up with the prequels, so I mean I can watch them and not be um. I I don't really dislike them that much as much as I would dislike the new films, I suppose. I actually yeah. really liked The Last Jedi, funnily enough. Oh. Um, I thought that was great that they just, your man said, fuck it, we'll just do our own thing. And then I hated, hated the, the last one, The yeah, Rise Jesus of Skywalker. Christ. I don't know if I've seen it since uh, it was in the cinema. Yeah, no. I know. Me neither. I'm not going to watch it again. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Uh, no. I might, but I don't think I'll change my mind on it. No. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't crazy about Last Jedi, but I love The Force Awakens. But yeah, I thought The Force Awakens was a bit rehashy for me. It was, was a bit. Uh, the, the reason why I liked The Last Jedi was because you see that Ryan Johnson was trying to do, do something, something different. different. Yeah. And it just created such incredible backlash that I just was, I don't know, it was, just, it was very strange. To, to I watch. got into a fight with a guy online about that and I was you, like, you got into a fight online you get into fights online <laughs> I did about that film yeah really and I was like well at least he was trying to do something different <laughs> your man goes I, t- I just took a shit in the sink <laughs> that's trying something different do you think you should start doing that every- <laughs> that was a fair point but um oh that's that wonderful that's great oh man yeah. good line alright uh, yeah. uh, uh, what, what, where online were you getting into this fight 
Ah, YouTube, I think. It was on YouTube. So you're 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 a YouTube commenter getting into fights. I wasn't that long reading the comments though. Uh, I haven't like unintentionally gotten into those fights myself. It's not worth it. No, it's for I do it for the crack, like. But I'm not like invested in it like some people are. But it is for the crack. That shit. uh, Yeah. After that, I was just like, getting into fights with like unknown people online. It's just soul destroying. I've never done it. I did write a poem about the. uh, Well, it has a verse about the. Star Wars uh, prequels. And oh, yeah. Which, uh, yeah. Well, it's kind of an angry poem about just people in general, like critics and just idiots. And it's called Fuck 'em All. It's the name of the poem. And then, like, it gets into serious stuff. And then, for a bit of humor, throw in the whole people who dissed the Star Wars prequels. How about Star Trek? You into Star Trek? No, no, I never got into it. I'm sorry now. Oh, yeah. Nothing against it, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, same, same, same here. I never was into it. Just never watched it. But I sat down and watched every single episode of Deep Space Nine recently, and now I'm halfway through Voyager. Really recommend it. It's actually very good stuff. What series have you watched every episode of? We're getting very off topic here. Most, I, I, like, I've seen a lot, like, uh, Deadwood, um, Sopranos, uh, all the classics. Everyone, yeah. You know the wire, everything the wire, that's everyone's everyone's Man. seen. You know, Have you watch Mad Men. No, you don't like Mad no. Men, do you? Uh, no, I'm not a fan of it. Oh, it's so Never I don't like Breaking it, Bad. No, no. I've watched every episode like Breaking of Breaking Bad, Bad and I, I wasn't a fan. Didn't like it the first time I watched it, but I gave it a few years and watched it again over the pandemic, and uh, now I think it's one of the best things ever done. But it does take time to appreciate it. I think it's when you know, or you kind of have an idea where it's going, but. I think you know, watching it with a fresh pair of eyes yeah. or an older pair of eyes, like you know. I don't know. I, I just found it. Was like, it I love Brian Cranston. I think he's a great yeah, actor. I think a lot, lot of people in that are fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's just I. It's probably it probably works better on a on a week by week basis. I found kind of maybe yeah. binging mm. it. I found it kind of. I thought all the actors yeah. were phenomenal. Mm. I thought the acting was phenomenal. Mm. I thought everyone was really good in it. I just didn't like the way it made me feel. Mm. Yeah, it's you know, something about that kind of sepia tone it's filmed in too. It's just it's, kind of, or just the way it went. I don't know. It's I I, I, could, I can very much appreciate everything that went into making it, and I can appreciate that it is very well done. I just I just it's not for me, you know. Did it take different you films, long films. to realize, or did you know instantly? I that didn't know is? until after the last episode. No, I mean, uh, did you realize that? Brian Cranston was the same actor that played uh, Hal and Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, big, yeah. Big Malcolm in the Middle fan. Okay. I recognized him from yeah. Seinfeld. He was the the I think the dentist in Seinfeld. Was he in yeah. Seinfeld? Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought that I didn't realize it was the same actor. I knew he looked familiar, but I didn't realize it was him until uh, maybe a couple of episodes in. Yeah. He's so good in that as well. Like, actually, yeah, it shows how good of an actor he can yeah. be. Like, he can be the goofy dad, and then he's. This guy, Walsh, but even Walsh, even Walsh. like there's episodes of Malcolm in the Middle that he kind of reverts back to who he was before he went met the wife or mm. whatever, and he's just like this badass biker guy. <laughs> and just like he just transforms. There's one episode and I don't know is she gone for the weekend or something? I'll have to watch. I haven't watched Malcolm in the Middle since I was a kid. Uh, it's and, on Disney Plus. Yeah, and oh, his, is it? Like yeah, personality yeah. splits, right? And like all different versions of Hal are all over the room, and they're all like right. tiny talking to him. Okay. He's like, no, let's just fucking hit the road and leave these kids behind. Nice. And it's just like, yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. Have you ever seen that one where uh, they try to get rid of this couch and then they leave it on the train tracks? And then uh, oh, yeah. that's that that classic. Yeah. That's classic. Okay, so getting back to the music uh, after the massive tangent. Uh, um, so Masks was released in 2019. That was your debut solo album. Yeah, I actually released it first on live on stage in the Roisin Dove. I oh, did class. the open mic presents 
and uh, I had it all like it was a surprise. I or had the so the album was finished, mastered, and I didn't put it out online just yet. Mm-hmm. I decided right, I've done this open mic for a while and uh, gotten to know some people here, and they've kind of grown. I grew as a just like with an acoustic guitar kind of thing. Didn't really have a solo band at the time. I had another band, uh, another project called Vulture Casino at the time. We'll get into that later. But uh, you're not allergic to cats, are you? No, oh, no. Okay, no. good. <laughs> Keep going. Just me. Um, masks. Uh, yeah, I had the album in a box, and I put like you know this like, paper over the box with question marks, kind of like the Riddler from Batman. <laughs> and I said to everybody, I got a mystery box. I got a surprise at the end, and nobody knew what was in the box. Well, I think what's in the box? Yeah. That's what people were saying, shouting, you know, <laughs> quoting Brad Pitt. What's in the box? In the what's that? Is that eight? Uh, Brad Pitt. Seven. Seven. That's a sequel to Seven. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I did something like you know. I just thought it would be kind of cool to just yeah. release it for. Well, I wasn't going to release it for free because I think you two tried that with their album on iTunes and, and it did not work. Well, it worked kind of, but. Yeah, well, I suppose the whole world was talking about it, and that was the biggest album release of all time. That's what you do. So I decided, you know what? Instead of giving it out for free, because people might complain about that, I said, if you want one, you can pay for it, and you can take it home. So we'll just, so uh, yeah, no, I released it live on stage in 2019. Yeah, about September, can't I think fourth or something like that. It was a Wednesday night anyway, and um, over Wednesday, it was a Wednesday, and. Uh, then as the pandemic hit in 2020, Fun times. it was very coincidental that I had just released an album and named an album Masks, because that's what we were all wearing. <laughs> oh, <now. yeah. laughs> I am not taking responsibility. Like, I mean, I didn't know that was going to happen, but it wasn't my idea to come up with that title. It was the producers. He suggested the title. I was going to call it like Masks of Something or something. He just said, just Masks. Like, yeah. Where did you record it? Chim. Uh, Who's the producer? The uh, so uh, his name is Mike Connolly. Oh, nice. He goes by Mixer, and um, he likes to go by uh, the Genius. Yeah. But he is. Uh, he's <laughs> he's good. Like he's good. No, he's he's. We're both uh, we're both um, kind of bouncing off each other and both kind of learning, yeah, new things from each other. Like, and we're definitely at a place now where we weren't at when we recorded Masks. I suppose like it took a while to get going because of. You know, the conflicts in the band Blue Loves Milo and all that, like, but eventually we got to a place where, yeah, we're certain where we want to go. But it was an experimentation as well. I didn't like the idea of having every song kind of sound the same. And I think that's the problem with today's artists and bands now is how similar, like, everyone sounds to one another. Um, So, I like, I do, I respect artists who allow themselves to explore beyond the boundaries of popular contemporary music and you know explore beyond the boundaries of themselves of course as well. yeah mm-hmm. so if you listen P- to pushing them, the envelope exactly exactly and uh the kind of topics that i focused on in the album was well, some of the cliches or the classics i would say would be like you know drugs and sex and you know then there's other stuff like suicide and death emotional rage jealousy Classic rock star kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, teenage violence and there was some religious and political corruption thrown in there as well. And teenage binge drinking was kind of a random one in there. But early 
heartbreaks, lust, sectarianism, and uh, but then the whole album concludes. Sectarianism with, in, in tomb. Uh, <laughs> let's say between. I don't want to get into. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Politics too much. Um, but uh, one of the songs there, "False Paradise," was there was a verse there inspired by when Donald Trump got elected for the first yeah. time. Mm-hmm. So the sectarianism of him trying to build a wall. Of course, um, yeah. That lyrics, and I think walls going up, the whole world is in fear enough, and enough is enough, the world is fucked up. That was one of the lyrics on False Paradise. Um, but like the whole album concludes with a very toned down version of Separate Ways with just an electric guitar and a tambourine. And uh, the message, you know, behind that is just like all the rest of the stuff that was discussed here, it's behind you. Onwards and upwards is the kind of symbol. Yeah, you of can definitely ways. see. The evolution from that single separate ways to the album version that the, the way that you've evolved as a musician and stuff like that and the way that you've kind of <coughs> not, <coughs> not to say it loosely but kind of improved probably your mu- musicianship as well mm. um do you play more than one instrument did you play more than one instrument on the album yeah yeah um primarily you know obviously the vocals and uh electric guitars i'm obsessed with let's Let's put another guitar part in this. Like, I'll just do something subtle or, or use another effect. And then the producer and mixer, he'll say, we already have 45 fucking guitar tracks here. I'm not mixing this fucking shit. Like that. And then yeah. you'll draw the line. I played bass on maybe one or two songs. I think Chaos. Um, And I did play drums on one of the songs. I think Separate Ways, like the single hmm. version. Um what else yeah I did some keys as well some of the organ stuff that you hear there on a song called 800 uh, but we had you know Mixer he played bass on one or two of the songs and he played drums on Exile I think and on Chaos and we had uh, Kira Finan in the studio as well now Kira Finan and Mixer are both in a band together and Robert Stevens from Blue Loves Milo they're a three piece called New Beast now I think Robert Stevens is not in the band anymore he's moving to Korea with his wife oh nice um, they have a new bass player and her name is North Laura, or South I think I have no idea okay <laughs> just, just, <laughs> no concern <You're> fucking <laughs> <laughs> they got a nice two bass yeah but Kira Finan did a lot of the violin work and the piano work um that you hear throughout, like on yeah, you some great backing musicians in there as well. Like I did, yeah, um, yeah. I was lucky. I was blessed, you know, to have them. Um, yeah, like we had our, what was his name? Aaron Costello. He played. Uh, I think he played the bass on a song. I think it was "Sun Don't Rise," and he did some backing harmonies there as well. You know, he just he just popped in once. He was a friend of mixers, and you know, he's a friend of mine. He pop in with the sun just to say hello and. He just be, we, he'd hear what we were working on, and he'd be like, "I can hear a backing vocal there. Could, do you mind if I?" I was like, "Go on in," and he'd oh, cool. do it, and he'd nail it, and it would sound amazing. Like, yeah. you know, he might do it, you know, three or four times just to make sure it was right. But you know, I was blessed to have Aaron uh, involved in that, and we had Jade as well. Jade Amber, she was the she's the female vocal that you hear in that. Now the idea was that we would duet all of our songs together. Yeah. Um, she duetted I think two songs one of them was called Goodbye Again which is not actually on the album but it's a bonus track but it was a Blue Loves Milo single we did a video for it in a house uh, Birmingham house a big old mansion that was owned by the uh, the British landlords back in the back 1800s in it's still there and we did like kind of this uh, Tim Burton live action kind of style video and um that's where I came up with the well I didn't come up with it no the makeup artists came up with this 
kind of what the kind of cruel kind of look yeah yeah the painting on my face like and uh, I've used it ever since so you know kind of just went from there and even the kind of imagery that you use on masks and kind of the promotional stuff it's kind of um, Bono-esque it's kind of Acton Baby yeah. the letter and kind of stuff like that mm. even which one's Acton Baby you know the album Acton Baby no oh. uh, man oh. is that 90s yeah 90s or two. So after they did like Joshua Tree and they did that one with, was it, B.B. King? Yeah. Is it the one with Beautiful Day? No. That's years later. Is that Pop? No. That's on Pop? That's, uh, pop is the album before. All That You Can't Leave Behind, I think, is that one? Yeah. 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 I don't know you too. No. Act on Baby is probably one of their best albums. Okay. I'll give, it, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. The Fly, I'd recommend that one. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I think I've like I well, you consistently know used to listen to like the first like four songs on Joshua Tree. Mm. I think that's pretty much my <laughs> my my U two knowledge, you know. <laughs> the first three songs are like very like they're the ones that are in the charts all the time. Like, yeah. You know, with Bullet the Blue Sky is the fourth one. That's What's your favorite U two album? Changes all the time. Um Pop, I think. <laughs> or oh, really? Yeah. I like Zeropa and I like I love Actung Baby. I just say Actung Baby for the sake of thinking about it too hard. Like one is a song you might know from that album, uh, Levin. Oh um, yeah. Sing it. Is it getting better? One love, one life. No. Nope. Uh, you know it's it. Not ringing a bell. Do, Johnny you know. Cash did a version of it as well. Johnny Cash did a version of it. Yeah. What the it was fuck? Epic. Where have I been living? What have I been, do- been doing? <laughs> Convert. Johnny yeah. Cash re- re- recorded a U two song. He did. Yeah. yeah. Actually, he record he collaborated with U two on Zeropa. Really? Uh, yeah. So Bono wrote a song with Johnny Cash in mind, and uh, he just let Johnny Cash sing the whole oh, thing. Oh right. It's amazing. Now, there's huh. a lot of synthesizers and a lot of weird shit going on like you know it's kind of experimentation yeah Bono doesn't really heavily you know take part in the song except for a few oohs at the end but The Edge does these amazing backing vocals great song um, The Wanderer is the name of the song yeah I'll, last, give, I'll, give, last I'll, song I'll give it a listen yeah. Yeah. We, we should call this episode recommending things to each other <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. which the other party will not follow up on <laughs> you, know, you can come back for a Christmas episode or something we can do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're we'll always test actually, each other on all the things to make sure we actually <laughs> went back it. and listened to this shit. <laughs> I'm down to come back. <laughs> yeah, so you have to watch every episode of uh, Deep Space Nine and yeah. half the episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Will you watch every episode of 24? 24? <laughs> Uh-oh. That's a long is that, it, Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, it is. There's, yeah. There's That's about seven seasons. Or eight and a half. Jesus I'm thinking of starting another podcast. Sorry, Richard, <laughs> uh, where I, uh, I like where, where I watch every episode of Remington Steel. Yeah. You, you ever, I've never seen this show before, but it's no. um, what's his name? Uh, Pierce Brosnan as some fucking Egypt, and uh, it's like thing just a he did sh- before. Like James yeah, Bond, it's like some it? really shitty fucking like either late '80s or early '90s TV show. So that's in, that's in the future. Would you believe that I've watched every single episode of The Simpsons? Uh, Every you're you're wearing a Simpsons t-shirt, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not surprised. That's great, though. Yeah, but like I mean, best seasons is it one to seven? Probably like one to maybe I would say to twelve, and then it kind of dips, and then it kind of gets good again. Then I what, how many seasons really is it now? There's like Has it finished? 30, 33 yeah. Oh, it's still going. It's still going. Still going. Oh, they're gonna milk that cow, man. Yeah, it has been milked. They're referencing. They reference older episodes uh. and the newer episodes, and they try to bring back their old aud- audiences but um yeah I, I think i forced myself to watch the last few seasons i just said to myself during the pandemic okay i'm gonna watch every episode of the simpsons something to do and uh 
had to kind of had to plow through maybe some yeah. seasons I didn't like like you said yeah the first <coughs> few seasons are the it's like an old friend that you know you don't get along with as much <laughs> anymore but you're you're still buddies mm. they're not allowed to use a poo anymore <laughs> are they not no. no 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 it's an offensive stereotype mm. now it is but I thought they changed the actor no because it used to be a white guy that voiced um, him wasn't it I don't it was, know it was Hank uh, it was the same guy what's Hank his name Azaria, yeah. yeah it was him wasn't it yeah yeah, and I think there was a couple of characters he did as well, or some of the other white actors did, like Doctor Hibbert and mm-hmm. um, what's the name of the black policeman? Um, Louis, is it Louis? I, yeah, I, you're the one who's watched them all. Louis, I, I think it's Louis. Uh, yeah, it's been so long since I even watched an episode of The Simpsons. Yo, chief. I mean, I thought the point of being an actor was to play someone you're not, but uh, I don't know. I suppose people just want their dues, don't they? Maybe. And if they see jobs going to other people, they were just like, "Yeah, oh, Jesus, you could just ask me." Yeah. like yeah. you know I don't know that's a that's a whole different other discussion yeah. as well we should call this episode going after <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no we already got the name it's called yeah. recommending things to each other recommending <laughs> things to each other um, we were talking you're saying the promotion uh, yeah it was Bono-esque yeah so <clears throat> even uh, to step away from masks for a second even when you were talking about there when you were um, during the pandemic I know you were busking a lot you were playing on the street yeah. a lot as well weren't you yeah so, and what was that like because I know uh, did you have to wear a mask I didn't actually know um, we were outside um, I have to say it was probably the best experience that I've had as a musician the pandemic and I know I don't know any other musician that could say that and I hate to sound um, was it selfish of me to say that I missed the pandemic just for that reason um, because I released the album then on online on Spotify on YouTube I made a small very self-centered documentary talking about the album and it is pretentious and it is it was but you know that was the point like you know to talk about the album try to promote the album like I kind of tried to talk about all the songs well at least you're self-aware about it you know I mean I was doing a vocal vocal lesson with uh, do you know Carl Jack he lives in Nottingham as well not no I don't think so brilliant like you know he's every time I go to him he brings me to somewhere else with my voice you know I haven't gone to him in a while but I will but uh, he tried to get me to sing I can't remember what song we were trying to learn like a David Bowie song or could have been a U2 song I don't know but he said kind of sing it like this like yeah kind of like you know you're yeah exactly and I was trying to do it but I wasn't confident in doing it yeah I, I said some I feel a bit pretentious and he goes you are pretentious. <laughs> I'm pretentious. Bowie's pretentious. They're all for, like, who listens to an artist that's not pretentious? It's a compliment to be called pretentious. And it's like what Oscar Wilde says, the best compliment an artist can receive is criticism. It's an insult. It means you're... Provoking people. something. Exactly, you know. And... um what was the question? <laughs> it was sorry. He said. So were you playing? Oh, you were, you were playing, playing during the, the pandemic. Oh yeah, playing during the pandemic. And you um, loved the pandemic. I did the album. I released it, and then level, we got got down to a level four restriction. So we were allowed to busk. At level five, you weren't. So I started okay. kind of busking, and the street was empty uh, from seven o'clock onwards, except for I'd say two or three people might have passed per song, and I was. They're practicing. probably passing in real time as well. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's what I was doing. But I was making change as well. I think it started on average for the first maybe two weeks, maybe 20, 25 euro per 
busk, I would say. That's not, it's all right. Like, you know what I mean? It's 25 quid extra. But as I was learning how to play, learning how to sing, I was, yeah. I was developing my voice and I was, mm -hmm. it was practice and it was real practice. I went through, I won't get into it, but I went through my own kind of midlife crisis just before the pandemic. And You had a midlife crisis? Yeah, I was going through stuff, won't get into it. But I was putting that sadness, that rage, that anger into my singing. And I just kind of realized, wow, this is why uh, John Lennon, um, Bob Dylan and all these guys are able to sing like... Do you use your own do. accent when you sing, do you Sometimes, think? Sometimes. Yeah. Not often. Um, okay. I'd be afraid that I'd sound like, you know, a Saw Doctors tribute band. Yeah. That wouldn't be a bad thing. But I try to stand out a bit. Mm -hmm. um, there have been times where I my accent comes out when I don't intend it to. Uh, there's a song, I think, called Exile. Can't remember what uh, lyric I sing in that song, but my accent just... Yeah, rotten. I can't say rotten without sounding like I'm from... Rotten. Tune. Yeah, so the <laughs> lyric is fruit goes rotten from the skin to the core. Um, the, just the word rotten just the accent is just there the tune accent and it's uh, I, la I laugh when I <laughs> anytime I you know I hear I listen back to it or anything like that but then as the busking kind of continued I saw that the, the restrictions were going down and the crowds were getting bigger getting bigger now I was in two minds about this I was like oh shit like the crowds aren't supposed to be big but we are outside and they are Half of them are wearing masks. Less than half of them are. And they're masks. all probably emptying out of places at eleven o'clock. Exactly, like that's that. what was happening. They were they, you were allowed to sit in pubs and restaurants, you know, like two meters apart from one another. But I put a sign on my case. Um. Anyways, there was a group of maybe eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-olds one night, and they, you know, they all followed me like on Instagram and my Spotify, and they were, and uh, I went out again then the next evening same thing the same people came back to listen to me like Joe but they wanted to hear you know all the classics like you know like Zombie and like Red Hot Chili Peppers and Dolly Parton that kind of thing like Joe and Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls that kind of thing yeah. they were throwing money into my case I was giving them what they wanted what they wanted you know? yeah. I was selling my soul but like you know it was fun I enjoyed it and uh, they all started chanting Echo Heart on the street oh, uh, cool. okay this is I'm going to keep doing this for the whole pandemic restrictions went back up to level 5 after a while just you know, people got too comfortable, and there wasn't a solution. Found yeah, that was ridiculous. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was mental, wasn't it? Like yeah, going back and the, forth. There's, there's all that flip flopping going on. Yeah. Remember that? No, but we never like you know the government never kind of experienced something like that before, so it was, yeah, didn't know what to do. But anyways, that's another conversation. Eventually formed a band. We called ourselves Street Rebellion. We were kind of rebelling against the pandemic in a way, like not against you know authority. It was just people said to us like, you were you know, sick, of, sick of this shit kind of but everyone said we're sick of this shit like and we were the only entertainment on the street the buskers and we always played at Evergreen probably every every night uh, over the su over the summer and uh, oh there beside Kingshead or whatever yeah and let me tell you like that just felt like I think you know when gigs weren't happening for so long and people weren't having fun for so long like Everybody just let their he their hair down, took off their masks, and just danced. Even the guards, <laughs> were, but they weren't the guards weren't dancing. But the guards were, well, ninety five percent of them were sound, and they were like saying to me, like, "Fair play to you, but look, just you need to tone it down a bit." Yeah. They were, but they were saying that from a 
we have to do our job kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. like you know I'm not trying to get any guards in trouble they were being respectful know. about it exactly and uh, just like as that busking was happening like I could we could feel our reputation was preceding us yeah. and like you know we got gigs after you know the restrictions went away like you know I got my name out there I had the sign on the case we were also making money as well at the same time which was good and I was able to buy a PA system for the gigs that we had okay. uh, we got a residency in what kind of PA did you get yeah uh, I can't remember I got it second hand so yeah that's mm-hmm. the, but it was well you know it paid off you know and yeah. if anyone is listening that was watching us play and gave us money thank you sincerely from the bottom of my heart because I was able to buy that PA system and I was able to do gigs uh, I, well now I can do gigs yeah. um, because yeah, like fans. All, yeah, all those, all those people there kind of saw us, and some bar managers saw us, and you know the band's not together anymore. We've kind of just gone our separate ways. Sorry for the pun, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, for different reasons, I think we just kind of progressed and and just got into other things. But yeah, um, thanks to that, like some residencies have come my way, yeah. and uh, I'm busy now, like, and I'm full time. I'm able to do this full time as a result. <coughs> so what's coming next? So Black Rock was released and that's off the new album, yeah? Yeah, yeah. There's a song now that was uh, written over the pandemic, uh, inspired by it, like, and all that, like, unintentionally. But yeah, it's going to be part of the next album. And there's a video coming for that scene as well, directed directed by my friend uh, Livia. Um, so yeah, currently working on a new album. Um, now the songs in this album kind of sound more... Uh, sure of each other that's what i'll say you know like masks is kind of the sound of a singer an artist like testing out different you know mm-hmm. uh, voices different musical costumes like you know mm-hmm. i'm a big fan of halloween and theater and you know and i love to write scripts music videos and i think my latest discovery is my love of uh directing and, and as i said before i am directing the new music video for the Spanish arch song mm. and, and that probably is it going to have clowns in it? Uh, well I'll be in it <laughs> <laughs> nice for two seconds maybe yeah. two seconds but nice. um, yeah like Seamus Kern's the main boss man there like cinematographer but you know I, I eventually kind of fell into the role of uh, being a, the director there and I think I'll try to do that now with the rest of my videos but yeah it's a good I'm, idea there is like a song now that I'm working on now well it's done it's called A Miracle I submitted it to a big competition there and I'm still waiting to hear back it's a big competition but I can't I don't really want to say what the competition is just don't want to jinx it and if I haven't done so already but um, you know songs on this album now I'm very I'm very sure of them like you know or they sound sure of themselves like you know so the single releases in February uh, there will be a single release, yeah. Myself and Flamingo are going to release our own song. It will, probably won't be part of this album I'm working on now. Okay. Uh, Spanish Arch should be the name of this one. Like, in, kind of in contrast to Black Rock yeah. as well, you know, name some places. and But uh, the way myself and Flamingo write songs is he'll, we'll, we'll, he'll come over to my house and we'll just have a jam and he'll have this chord progression that he wrote a few days ago. And yeah, we'll just play with a few ideas and ironically enough there are two songs now that we've r- r- written both inspired by drinking <laughs> nice <laughs> I think that's gonna be every song because we, yeah. we do we meet up we have some cans and yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we write and um, see we have written Rain in June in 2020 we wrote Spanish Arch last year I think just 
like pandemic and all that we weren't able to get it out in time but uh, it's 2022 now the song is finished and we're excited to release it now February but I think we're going to write a song every year for about maybe when we have nine or ten songs then we're going to the at the end of that, we'll put we'll make an album. It'll be a it'll be a journey progression. So I'm looking forward to what that will be like. But uh, your buddy Flamingo, does he um, if he doesn't eat the right food, do his feathers turn white? Um, if he doesn't eat the right food, he faints at, uh, at Ed Sheeran concerts. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where can people find your stuff? Everywhere. Um, if you want to support me on YouTube and uh, Spotify they'd be the main two social media sites I direct people to TikTok is a new thing now but I haven't quite gotten the hang of oh, it Jesus yet Jesus Christ it's annoying but yeah there's enough social media out there that's how you I'm, I'm starting to just try yeah. to get away from everything now are you, in, are you on TikTok? no fuck that <laughs> I, it's junk food for the brain but there's yeah. it used to be chewing gum for the eyes Ted day, yeah. no yeah. thanks yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. too but much I, and I am selling, you know, I do sell CDs at gigs, at my yeah. gigs, you know. Um, I don't know if people listen to the CDs, but they're supporting me. Yeah. You know, like, let's say one purchase of a CD is worth about 2,000 streams of one song to an wow. artist. Like, it takes 2,000 streams to make 10 euro. Yeah, it's crap. Like, don't, if you want to support an artist and you don't have a CD player, buy their CD anyway. Give it to someone who has a, a CD player or f- put it on your wall or whatever. Like, you know, fuck it in the bin. Just... Yeah support the artists but listen to the album on Spotify and I do make sure to say that at gigs you know I say have CDs for sale but it is on Spotify but if you want to support me yeah, I, I would appreciate it you know I think honesty is a key factor yeah. as well you know you just gotta well thanks so much for coming in hey, really appreciate it yeah thanks so much I enjoyed this now it was a good yeah. crack yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it was a good crack yeah. before we finish what's your favourite uh, what's your favourite takeaway in Galway <sighs> Giovanni's the Giovanni's mixed kebab is mm. fucking phenomenal. Nice. When you say takeaway, what do you mean by takeaway? Anything. Eastern tandoori. Mm. Eastern tandoori, bro. For veggies. Eastern tandoori. Oh, yeah, because you're vegetarian. Yeah. I keep forgetting that. It's <laughs> the job. You're newly vegetarian, though. Nearly a year now. Is it nearly a year? Yeah. Fuck. <gasps> We're getting old. Yeah. A year, it doesn't feel... <laughs> nothing feels... A year does not feel like a year, you know? No. I know, man. Right. How about yourself? What's your favorite? Um... Too many to choose from. I do like the Donner chips and Giovanni's. Yeah. That's kind of a guilty pleasure. Gives me an excuse to go to the gym then the next day. But I'm a simple man. Boo gym. I'm sorry. Boo gym. At the minute, but it changes. It changes. Have you tried the new fucking Mexican place? Yes. It's great, isn't it? It is great. What's it called again? Salsa? Yeah. It's uh, just called salsa. Costs yeah. a bit more, but it's worth it. It's Where is fucking it? brilliant. It's it's across from Dungeons and Donuts. Yeah. What's that street uh, called? Yeah, yeah. Just I so people on Eglinton Street. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's up, middle, middle, not middle. Is street, it? Street. It's up from Sally Long's. So anyone in Galway, there's a Mexican restaurant. I think run by actual Mexican people, mm. and it's fucking phenomenal. Highly recommend it. The portions could be gigantic. They, you know, I'd like if they were gigantic. My housemate will kill me if I don't mentioned Vocho she works there so. she oh, works yeah. at Vocho but Vocho nice. is good as well. yeah it is Vocho's good yeah. as well fuck they yeah need, they need to bring back the pineapple they took out the pineapple they need to bring it back that's all I'll say on that I'm a fan of pineapple on anything really yeah I love pineapple on pizza yeah, we all like pineapple on yeah, pizza yeah. there we go 100% sorry to offend anybody yeah. listening I said that to a chef recently who was like oh yeah I like pineapple on pizza of course you do you're Irish which chef <laughs> <laughs> anyways anyway Guys, that's another episode. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks, thanks Echo. Oh, no, Echo, sorry, yeah. No, no. It's been great having Appreciate you. Appreciate that. That was great. 
Are uh, we finished, are we? We're, we're finished. Yep. We're done. We're done. We're um, done. Find us on Instagram, The Schnug Podcast. Find us on Facebook, The Schnug Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Schnug Podcast. Schnug Podcast. Schnug Podcast. Lavin. Yeah. Good luck. You too. Gurmila. Enjoy Eindhoven. <laughs> Enjoy Eindhoven. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fellas. Enjoy yourselves. <laughs> Bye.